Amen. Wow. How cool being here, being in this new building, multiple campus church ministry. You got to love it. I mean, I think I was hearing the uh, daycare center is now where? Sandy Community. And youth group meets at um, Living Way. And then you guys are here. Oh, I love it. I love it. Uh, Greetings from, pardon me? Yeah, three sites, one church. I love it. Um, God bless you. Greetings from my church, local church, Freedom Foursquare. Uh, my friend Colin was saying, hey, man, is your wife coming? I'm like, nah, she's on the worship team at Freedom. She says, Reese, go have a good time. I'm staying at my church. Okay, honey. It's all good. I, I, I enjoy it. Um, let me tell you a story. There was a time when I pastored a church that the slogan or the theme of the season we were in at that point was Emmanuel Fellowship coming to a neighborhood near you. Emmanuel Fellowship, Monterey, California, coming to a neighborhood near you. What had happened is we had rented, in a pioneer situation, we'd rented a carpenter's union hall, and the church had grown from like 10 people. I think our first service was 10 people. And then it had grown and grown pretty well, and a number of people had found the Lord, and we had our children's ministry downstairs in this carpenter's union hall in Monterey, California. And one day I came in and they had built it all out, built out cubicles for offices without telling us. We just walked in and that was just done. And I said, what, what's going on? They said, yeah, we're just, we're kind of, we need to take this space back. And we probably had 40 kids at that point in kids ministry and it was immediately gone. Just bam, one morning you walk in. Wow, I'm like, what do we do with that? Wow, what do we do? So we knew we had to be nimble on our feet and find another venue. So we went, Monterey's a a, a visitation place and a place for tourists and all that kind of stuff, so lots of hotels. We tried to get one particular hotel while we came up with another plan. I think we were about seven years into the church plant. So... We went to this hotel, that hotel, and nobody could do it long-term just because it was a tourist destination. You just can't do it. And so what we came up with was this hotel on this week, 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 and printed up a three-month schedule that we would give to people, and they would have to look at the schedule to find out where we're going to be on that Sunday. And that went on for a year that we did that. And some people at the end of the year said, ah, this is too difficult. I don't know where you're at. It was before websites and internet. So I'm like, bro, look at your schedule. Ah, I don't want to look at you. I want to go to the same place every time. So it, it got a little difficult for some folks. Sound familiar? But some people enjoyed it. It's like, Oh, we're going to be in the Sheridan today. Oh, we're going to be at Monterey Conference Center today. Oh, we're going to be at the Hyatt today, my kids' favorite, because there were elevators, and you could ride to church on an elevator and then walk in, and there it was. And I feel like the Lord dropped us into different places. One time, uh, there's Pro-Am, there was a tournament, and one of the lady pros, Kathy Baker, ended up coming to our church and 
see Fuzzy Zeller and all these guys, old names, but we're there when they're in this situation. At the Sheraton, I remember we were upstairs in the Sheraton and they left the doors open and all the worship music came down into the foyer, all these people coming in during a golf tournament. And you just know it's the Holy Ghost saying, I'm trying to get my word out, trying to get my spirit out to people that I love and I care for. So my theme for this morning is joyful dependence on God during the journey. Your joyful dependence on God during the journey. I heard the worship song this morning. He's, he turns seas into highways. Here in the middle is the place you brought us to be. Thank you. If you ever think, did I hear this morning? Yes, you did. In the Israeli way of thinking, there was a pretty great journey they went through for 40 years. Do you remember it? Yeah. During that journey, if we think about joy in the journey, did you hear any of that in the Bible in those 40 years when they were in the wilderness? So a little little question and answer here. What do you remember from the story when they were in the 40 years? What kind of things do you remember from that? A lot of complaining. There was, wasn't there? Clothes never wore out. It's true. Shoes never wore out. What else do you remember from the story? False religions. Follow me. Let's do this with the calf, right? Okay. They wanted to go back to slavery. Okay. I guess it's, I guess the slavery was comfortable and this was uncomfortable and they'd rather be enslaved and comfortable than free and not comfortable. Okay. Sure. What else? What do you remember from the story? What are the things? Provision. God provided for him every day. That's right. Yeah. Caleb, after the fact, that's right. He went after it. So it was certainly few that stayed joyfully dependent on God during the journey. In fact, God said, can't build a nation that's going to last for all time on people that don't believe my promises. I'm going to let them die out, and I'll keep the new generation that believes me. Oh, and I'll keep Caleb and Joshua because they trusted me. Interesting, isn't it? We say that we like adventure and new experiences, but we're speaking with our nonverbal communication. I don't really like this. I don't really like change. I don't really like this. I'm going to complain or at least be somewhat mildly upset under my breath. Do you remember COVID? Remember that whole thing? For those two who were yelling at each other through the plastic and through our, what did you say? I was just saying, how's your day? Oh, it's, it's good. My, my day's good. I thought you were yelling at me. Well, I kind of was. So the idea of joyful dependence on God during your journey, of which being in the building is a bit of a picture of that. I mean, it's pretty cool to, oh, it's the first church building on the street, not the second one. You can go to either one. I'm like, is this the right one? 
Oh, yeah, I know that person. Okay, there you go. Yes. So turn with me, if you've got your Bible, uh, Isaiah 35. When we look at journeys in the Bible or God's view on journey and our hope that it's a joyful dependence on God in the journey, look at this, Isaiah 35, 8. Pretty neat. Talking about Israel. And a great road will go through that once deserted land. It'll be named the highway of holiness. Evil-minded people will never travel on it. And it'll only be for those that walk in God's ways. Fools will never walk there. Lions will not lurk along its course, nor any other ferocious beasts. There will be no other dangers. Only the redeemed of the Lord will walk on it. Those who have been ransomed by the Lord will return. They will enter Jerusalem singing, crowned with everlasting joy. Sorrow and mourning will disappear, and they will be filled with joy and gladness. Wow, what a picture of being called by God to Jerusalem, called to heaven. I did a funeral here this week, part of a team at Sandy Funeral Home, and it was filled with the remembrances of this individual and how at the age of 94 they just transitioned from here to heaven. What a great picture that you and I are on the highway of holiness, a little bit different than ACDC. We're on the right highway, and in the midst of that highway, you know one of the things that is on God's highway? It says in Ephesians 5.14, says the light makes everything visible. When you're on the highway with God, he's always making things visible. My attitudes, my relationships, my choices, the things that I need to do to stay on the straight and narrow with God. I was thinking as you were doing communion this morning, and we've got this uh, old, old communion table here, how many people came to that table and confessed sins? How many hundreds and hundreds of people through the year in our little rented facility here, how many have been there and like, Jesus, I did this last night. Forgive me. Oh, I forgive you. Lord, our marriage, we need your help. Oh, I will help you. Lord, those things that were said about me, well, you forgive them and I'll forgive you. How many times people came to that old table? I just love it. When we're on our joyful journey with God, God brings light there. And light's good. It's good when things are exposed in my life. It's good when I'm embarrassed about something. It's good when somebody says, Reese, we've got an issue here. In fact, the four scariest words in my life come from my wife when she says to me, we need to talk. <laughs> Scares me. But it brings light to the situation and keeps me going the right way. Secondly, turn a little bit more in your Bible over to Isaiah 55. So we're on this highway of holiness, so to speak, and we're walking with God. And then Isaiah, a little bit later, same book, he says, you will go out in joy and peace. The mountains and hills will burst into song, 
and the trees of the field will clap their hands. Songs have been written about that one. God calls us, and here we are on our journey. He calls us, and then he sends us out. Really interesting. He calls me to himself, and then he says, I love so many others so much, I'm going to send you out to those people. But I'm going to be with you when I send you out. God has invested in us, you bet. But if we only stay here, of course, he can't take his message out through us to other people, where we are, how we do it. I love seeing Vinny play this morning, and I know Vinny plays other places other than here, and I know he takes his joyful relationship with Christ wherever he goes. That's what God wants in our lives. He calls us to walk with him, but then even in Isaiah, he sends us out. He gets us out there. Anyone been watching the new um, season of The Chosen? Oh, my goodness. Have you? Oh, my goodness. So the, the new season of The Chosen is just, gosh, I come home from work on Friday, and Judy's got it on with the steak in front of me and potatoes and broccoli. What's not to like? <laughs> and I'm, you want to watch this? Of course I want to watch this. That's incredible. And so we watched the one where in the latest season where Jesus sends out the 12 two by two. And it's just showing this, these things where they're anointing people with oil and people that are blind are seeing and people are being delivered. It's just so exciting the way they portray it to see these young boys, Jesus calls them out doing the stuff because he said, go do it. So here's the passage, uh, Luke chapter 10, that the chosen is talking about there. Uh, afterwards, where he sends out 72 others. Uh, Luke 10, 1. The Lord now chose 72 others disciples and sent them ahead of him in pairs to all the towns and places he planned to visit. These were his instructions to them. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. You've got it. So pray to the Lord, who is in charge of the harvest, Asked him to send more workers into the fields. Amen, Pastor Sam. Now go and remember that I am sending you out as lamb among the wolves. Don't take any money, traveler's bag, extra pair of sandals. Don't stop to greet anyone on the road. Whenever you enter anyone's home, say, may God's peace be on this house. If those who live there are peaceful, the blessing will stand if not, the blessing will return to you. Don't move around from home to home. Stay in one place, eating and drinking what they provide. If you enter a town and welcome it, eat whatever's set before you. And then he just says this. It's pretty amazing to me. Heal the sick. Tell them the kingdom of God is near you. And just do the stuff that I've called you to do. So the 72, they go out and do this. And this is what it says. It says they return their journey, joyfully reporting to him, Lord, even the demons obey us when we use your name. Jesus still alive. They're using his name in ministry. How much more for us when Jesus is still alive now and we use his name in ministry? They were joyfully dependent on God in their journey. The Holy Spirit wants us, everyone say me, and you. He wants every one of us joyfully dependent on him 
in the journey that we're on. He calls us, we've got the path, and then he sends us to give things out. Luke, who wrote that book, continues in the book of Acts. He tells this story, pretty wild, about um, big persecution that started in Jerusalem and all the disciples are out. Philip heads out. The believers were scattered. This is Luke, uh, this is Acts 8, 4. Believers were scattered and preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. Philip, for example, went to the city of Samaria and told the people there about the Messiah. Crowds listened intently to Philip because they were eager to hear his message and see the miraculous signs he did. Many evil spirits were cast out, screaming as they left their victims, and many who had been paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. Here's that joy piece again. I was listening to uh, Christian radio on the way home Thursday night from my shift at Costco, and Focus on the Family was on, and they had a tape from a British evangelist. And this evangelist lived in this neighborhood, and sometimes you have neighbors from hell, but his neighbors had nicknamed him the neighbor from heaven. So that's, they were kind of known as the neighbors from heaven. And somebody down the street had one of their family members that had had, I think it was a stroke, and they were in the hospital and they were comatose. They got word to this evangelist and his wife, who they knew as the neighbor from heaven, hey, could you come and, and pray or be there for my, I think it's a mother-in-law, I think. Uh, she's in the hospital. She's not responsive. We don't think she has much time. So this evangelist dude, he's driving, and he, he remarks, you know, it seemed a long way to drive. He was complaining to his wife, really, couldn't they have been like in a closer hospital or something? complaining, and uh, gets there to the room and gets in, and they certainly she was comatose. So he just speaks to this, hey, we're going to pray the Lord's Prayer, and he and his wife, and they take hands, I think, with the person who's here. And by they got, the time they got to your kingdom come, person opens their eyes, their back, and two days later they go home. He complains on the way there. He gets there. He doesn't pray a super amazing whatever prayer. Who healed the person? Yeah. He, he's just on the journey, dependent. God does something through him. I'm telling you the story, and the guy's like, wasn't me, bro. I was complaining. I just, I just did the Lord's Prayer thing, and at the point of, your kingdom come, boom, God shows up, and she's home. Isn't that amazing? Joyful dependence on the journey. My body's getting older. Anyone else experiencing that? I know, Colin, you won't experience that. Amen, amen. But I'm becoming more dependent on God. Got to eat better. Got to sleep better. Got to take care. I've got to stretch. Got to work on my, my I don't have a six-pack. I have like a two-pack, sometimes maybe four. <laughs> Never six. Oh, 
There's almost four there. That's great. But I, I, I'm working on this stuff, and some of that's because I'm just older and I want to live a healthy life. I've got to be dependent on God to keep things right and keep me in the light and bring that joy into my life in the midst of my journey. And I think Living Way Fellowship, it's such a picture of our joyful dependence on God. Here we are in another location, and everything's not just right. Am I going to complain? Am I going to be like, ah, oh, i got to drive a little farther? Ah, oh, there's a pigeon up on the steeple. How are we going to clean that steeple? What? And in God's mind, he's like, oh, I've got so much for you. Remain dependent on me. Let there be joy coming through your life in the midst of your journey. Hebrews chapter 12, and we'll kind of end on this piece. The writer says it this way, verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses, New Living Translation says, to the life of faith. Wow. Randy Alcorn thinks that people that have gone on to heaven have this kind of portal where they can look down and see us. Certainly God can see us. Certainly Jesus watches us. Certainly the Holy Spirit is with us. But the language here kind of suggests that those that have gone on before us are still aware of what we're doing here. Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a huge cloud of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race that was set before us. My walk with God, stripping off the stuff that keeps me from doing what he wants me to do. I remember, and I, maybe I've told this story before, I apologize if I have, but I was watching the Olympics, I think it was the last Olympics, the one before that, and it was the bike race, one of the bike races, and they got separated, the guys that are up in front are separated, three, four, five of them, and they're coming up a hill to the end of the bike race, and I look and I saw one of the guys reach back to his back pocket and take out an unused gel pack and throw it away. And I'm like, that guy is so cognizant of ounces when he's going for an Olympic medal that he reached back and got rid of one ounce, knowing that less weight can help him cross the finish line and maybe win a medal. Wow. The writer here says, Strip off every weight. What is it that's slowing me down? What is it that slows you down? It's like, I don't really need to do that. I don't really need to have that habit and protect that habit. doesn't bear any fruit in my life. A few years ago when we were serving at Sunnyside Foursquare, we had a extended time of Lent and fasting and seeking the Lord. And one of the things, like the Lord told me to give up was, you just have irrational anger at some points. You're just mean, particularly to your wife. You just kind of give yourself that. 
I want you to give that up. And then at the end of Lent, he said, why don't you give that up forever? Why don't you just be nice to your wife instead of being mean? That was one of the things that I think the Holy Spirit wanted me to strip off that allows me to run the race that God has called me to run. So he says, run the race with endurance. Strip off the things you don't need to carry. And then looking unto Jesus, the author of our faith, because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross. You know what that song you sang that was my face transfixed on Jesus? Can we do that one? The reality of my walk with God, this highway that he's got me on, headed his way. But in the midst of his way, he sends me and sends you out to bring the goodness of Jesus to other people. And sometimes all it takes is, but Reese, I don't, I don't know what to do. Bro, here's what I found. Sis, here's what I found. You know that Lord's Prayer? Just lay hands on people and pray the Lord's Prayer, and when the power comes, you'll know it. It's so simple. It's not about me. It's not about looking good. It's not about you. It's about God flowing through our lives, keeping us dependent and full of joy in the midst of the journey. Amen. Amen. Can you lead us in that? Let's stand and let's sing that song again, can we? Thank you, Lord. Thank you. He shall return in robes of white. The blazing sun shall pierce the night. And I will rise among the saints, my gaze transfixed on Jesus' face. Yeah. Oh, praise the name of the Lord our God. Oh, praise his name. Forevermore, for endless days, we will see your praise, O Lord, O Lord, our God, oh, praise the name, oh, praise the name of the Lord, our God, oh, praise his name forevermore. For endless days we will see your praise, O Lord, O Lord our God. O Lord, O Lord our God. O Lord, O Lord our God. Can we lift our voices to the Lord? ourselves to let go of the things that impede us and run with endurance the race that you've marked out for us. 
Hey, if God is speaking something to you about setting something aside that's just keeping you from running the race, would you just lift your hands there before the Lord? Let me pray for you. Lord, I pray for those folks like me that have things that you want us to set aside. Holy Spirit, would you give us the strength to set those things aside, to let them go, knowing they're not good for us, they're not good for the journey, they're not good for you, and they're not good for others. Lord, give strength in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, to let these things go in Jesus' name. If you're in a place where you find it hard, you're distracted, it's tough to have a devotional time or time during the day where you focus on Christ, would you raise your hands? Let me pray for you there. Lord, we pray for us as we're distracted. Lord, when things call and the electronics call and work calls and worry calls, Lord, would you help us, Holy Spirit, lift our chins. Help us to see you, Lord, during the day. Early on and late at night, Lord, give us sweet time, even if it's a moment, Lord, to keep our eyes centered and fixed on you. In Jesus' name.